Hi, and welcome to the Valent Podcast. In this episode, installer and mental health advocate Gary Bedford speaks to expert Loretta Wilson about how tradespeople can manage their mental health and support those around them. Hello, everybody. I'm Simon Weissall, and today we're talking about mental health in the trade. With me today is mental health advocate Gary Bedford. Hi, Sai. And psychologist Loretta Wilson. Hello. To kick things off, just to really put it into perspective, Loretta, what does mental health actually mean? Well, mental health is about our our social, our psychological and our emotional well-being. And essentially, all of those things need to be working well. They need to be in balance. And when they come out of balance, that's when we notice, you know, issues around um, how we're how we're thinking, how we're feeling, and how we interact with the world. So I would say that it goes as far as affecting our physical health as well. Hey Gary, I know you've been really open about your own experiences. Would you mind sharing a few of those with us? No, of course. So the the main reason that I accepted to come to something like this is just to show how normal it is. I'm That's I'm good. just a normal guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I have a busy busy work life, busy family life, and um, you know things things just become too much and. Um, whenever I see anybody reaching out it struck a chord with me and I'll be honest that was the catalyst for me so for me to be able to do something like this to be the catalyst for someone else you know just to pass it on um, is the reason I'm here absolutely yeah and just to explain it is is that normal it is as normal as you know having an injury to your body Uh, we need to normalize it and talk about it more openly that's a really important point because actually it affects it affects there's no boundaries with with mental health issues so rich poor you know um, all socioeconomic backgrounds that it affects everyone at some point in fact the statistics now are quite high for anxiety so um, you know from children to, to the elderly at some points people every person will suffer anxiety at some point in their life whether that be mildly or severely. So that's a really good point in that we we do need to have services and people out there so that people can reach out and feel that it is a normal thing, that it's just as normal as going to your GP for an ache or a pain or a headache. That's where we need to get to because the more you reach out and the more you talk, the more likely it is that you're going to um, repair and get the help that you need. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's a great point. I mean, I wonder, Gary, having seen you last year, you'd never have known that you'd have had an issue. That's Is there any amazing. real yeah. signs that anybody can look out for? No, so, um, yeah, the big thing for me, it's been a year, almost, it is a year to the day. Like, last fex was my low point, and mm. I would have gone to that place, and people would have said, oh, it's, you know, that's, that's the normal Gary. I had a front on, I was joking, yep. laughing. Yep. Uh, inside, behind all that, I was completely broken, and um, literally, you know, usually I'd go out with my friends and drink and socialise. I didn't. I went to drink to forget, and I just, yeah. you know, that that's what happened that day. And yeah. um, after that, I got myself back into some counselling, got myself back into the gym. You know, just started taking care of myself again. Learned learned a few things about myself, and a year later, full circle. You know. That's, that, that, that's excellent. That's where I am now. And that's probably a lot because you did reach out, right? Mm, and you did oh. get the help and support. Yeah. But the kinds of things that we need to look for, and I know that often people put on that face, don't they? Yeah. And it's, it's again, we go back to please talk about it because there'll be people out there that will understand and will maybe be going through what you're going through. But the kinds of things we look for is, you know, sleep, sleep um, issues. So perhaps not being able to get to sleep as easily, waking up early, your appetite um, changes. Changing, so perhaps you're eating too much or too little, taking 
alcohol or drugs as a kind of medicinal um, thing to do so that you, you know, you feel like you're medicating yourself, you're trying to forget or distract. Um, there's, I mean, there's lots of different symptoms depending on what you're going through. But, you know, any, any signs of looking or feeling a little bit less motivated, lack of interest in hobbies that you used to have, just maybe isolating yourself. They're all things that, that, that can happen when you're starting to go through something like that. Yeah, and I suppose, you know, if I, if I see somebody that I think is struggling, mm. what are the do's and don'ts when you're trying to talk to somebody about it? Listen, listen and listen. Mm. <laughs> Don't judge. Um, I wouldn't offer any advice at that point. I would just listen to what's going on for them, um, depend, depending on how, how worried you are. Uh, perhaps a GP might be, might be an answer, but just, just sit and listen uh, without any judgment. You think, Gary? Would that is that something that yeah? Because most have helped most of the time, people are just, just they just want to tell you their story. Mm. They just want to you know clear the offload. Oh, definitely, yeah. Do you think guys and girls in the trade are more susceptible to mental health issues? I think I think I'd like to say that you know they probably have the same stresses and strains as everyone else. But looking into it a little bit more, I think where there's isolation, where there's people working on their own businesses on their own, which I think can happen quite a bit, then you're more likely to be susceptible to stress and strain because you don't have people to talk to. There's that isolated kind of, you know, detached sense of it. So that, that I suppose it can affect you more in that sense. I also know that, uh, rightly or wrongly, that in the trade, you know, you might have some health issues, then you might have aches and pains because because it is manual work. So maybe there might be some stresses and strains coming out of that. But actually, you know, they're, they're just like anyone else. They have the same stressors, you know, whether it's at home or at work, it, they're just like everyone else. So we need to keep that in mind. Yeah, of course. Gary, um, you know, within our trade, do you think there's anything that can, can be done to, uh, to improve mental health in our industry? Um. Like Loretta said, it's um, it's a it's a lonely industry if you're on your own. You're a one man band, and um, just something like what you're doing now is just shouting out to those people. You know that you you're not alone. You're a big company, and you you, you care um, because you know things like me, me going onto Twitter and just finding a community of people that understand me. And you know I've got a little network of people there now, and someone someone can ring me yeah. and just say, look, I'm having a bad day. I can ring them and. You know, there's multiple mm-hmm. people I can do that with now, mm-hmm. and I and I, now I am at the position where I can do that with my mum, my dad, my brother, my friends. But I wasn't. I wasn't always there, and I I found it easier to talk to a stranger because I didn't feel mm-hmm. judged, mm-hmm. and it just come out easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so and that's often how it starts. Mm-hmm. You know, that people go to someone like me to start that process of understanding what they're going through. And I guess someone like me is impartial. You know, we're not biased, so we can be easier to talk to. But again, you know. We need to really be clear about this talking and talking and talking about how you're feeling with just the people around you it is very important it can be hard yeah. and i think particularly in the trade i think maybe there's a bit more of a stigma maybe with with people in your trade of talking about you know that i'm not feeling well or i'm you know I, I, i'm feeling sad or blue or whatever but even more reason why doing this is so important because you know talking about it is okay you'll be surprised at how many people are feeling like you often you know feeling sad or blue i mean we're not going to have an answer to this today but gary you know in your opinion what more can be done 
um, to get people in this trade talking about their own mental health and really sort of start helping people? Is it that maybe younger people want to, will feel more open about talking about it? I think younger people... I think it's easier, not easier, but I think younger people are a little bit more open. I think it's the older generation um, that are that struggle a little bit more personally, because I think these days um, there's so much going on, and almost like the younger generation have come into that, so they they sort of they don't know anything no different. But for me, things have changed so much. Even mm-hmm. if I'm only forty, but things have changed. Yeah. They really have yeah. Yeah. just leaped on technology-wise, you know. So um, you know, for me. Um, if I if I could get anybody to sort of go for like an MOT test, like a mental MOT test, I'd say you know if that was available, do it. You know, even if you don't suspect something's wrong, or you know, you're going to learn something. You're going to learn about how to see things in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, spot little signs, and just just it, that's what I think would be a great thing to do. Like have have you know if it was a national thing and you had like an MOT test, like you have any other checkup. You know, and um, you, you could um, sort of benefit from that. So we're really lucky in this industry to have um, really cool times of the year where we do the exhibitions as well. So Loretta, for your um, for your benefit, is that we have some shows like Installer at Coventry and mm-hmm. Fex Show down in London and, and Manchester, which are basically chances for installers, guys and girls, to get together, mm-hmm. share experiences, talk to manufacturers, and you know, have a few beers and that. Gary, do you think that really helps at all? I think it does. It it just cements the bond between you know some friends that you. Like we always joke the the guys and girls that you know on the internet. You know that that's the joke that mm. you, you you chat to these people openly like most evenings. You know about jobs, about like your your day, about your experiences, and then um, you you make some amazing friends um, and you support each other. And then and then these exhibitions are time to get together. Um, because we're up and down the country, we don't see each other, and it's um, just that bond that you've got with someone, um, as I say, who you can you can see um, similar things in, and you share the same experience. Yeah, it's always really awkward the first time you meet the internet, isn't it? Is, it? So yeah. They're always taller or shorter or fatter than you expect <laughs> in real life. And then sometimes uh, you you won't even know a face; you already know a logo, won't you? Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, yeah, that's, that's really strange mm-hmm. because you just see a, an avatar or a logo um, on 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 the screen. But no, for me, I, 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 something I will concentrate and do every single year now because I've, I've enjoyed them so much, um, meeting some some great people, and um, especially now with the mental health thing, you know, it's it's another way that we can all have a little chat again. You know, it's something like this. It's less isolating, isn't it? Yeah, then? makes yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I think you know you're making real friends, aren't you? So mm. you're meeting somebody. It's a that- connectedness. Absolutely, and somebody may be just a logo on a screen that you've talked to on a message for the last year or so, and then you can kind mm. of properly meet them and properly, you know, mm-hmm. find out a bit more about them. And yeah, it's a, it's a really nice way of, of getting to know somebody. Mm. I think. Yeah. Do you think maybe more can be done at these sort of trade shows, exhibitions, to to check, you know, on people's well-being? But like I was saying about um, um, a sort of a mental health check, like MOT, if you like. Even even if we could, you know incorporate something at one of these like um just a room to the side where you know people even if they just wanted to sit in and not talk they could just listen to people who are in that place where they're open already that's a good idea where yeah. someone you know it feels comfortable enough they could t- tell their story the others can listen if someone wants to contribute they can mm. and then every year that can grow can't it yeah, um, you know so yeah. I, I think that's a really good idea yeah. yeah because i mean we've recently done a uh, a round of valent business clinics where we were mm-hmm. talking about people's businesses and marketing and things like that but as part of that we did some health checks but we mm-hmm. were just checking um physical health mm-hmm. you know 
know, high weight, you know, making sure that everybody was, was physically good. So I think something like that is really important to try mm. and just get mainstream. And yeah, definitely. Really mm. get it in, involved in things like exhibitions and, and just look after everybody. It's really. a good point to do it, like you say, because you're getting a lot of people together, uh, like-minded, and also um, they'll, they'll feel comfortable because they do know people, you know, in, in the room as such, or know, know of people. And if someone is, um, you know, if it's if someone's speaking out and they know them, they're going to feel a bit more comfortable to open up themselves. So. Mm. Again, it's normalising mm. that, that mental health issues happen to, to almost everyone. Yeah, and I suppose, Gary, there's a, uh, there's a pressure to put, like, a brave face on, I suppose, isn't there? Yeah. I think, like, we've always talked about the construction industry, and it is obviously a male-dominated environment, so that, that for, mm-hmm. a, for a man, brings its own pressures. But I also want to convey that this, you know, equally affects women now, mm-hmm. and there's, there's more women than ever in the construction industry. So, mm-hmm. we you know, we can't really hide by that, behind that as men, but it, it's changing. You know, we're talking about it, it, people are talking about it, celebrities are talking about it, you know, it's, it's becoming a big thing. Um for everybody, not just sort of uh, men on their own. Yeah. Do you think it's it's become more accepted now to start talking about it? I think it's definitely more accepted. And I've got to say, in my practice, I'm definitely seeing a lot more tradespeople just in the last three years, roughly. There's definitely a lot more coming. So that's a great thing. But, you know, I think it is a bit more accepted, but it's there still needs to be more change, doesn't there? Yeah. And I think perhaps it's a good thing, is it not, that there's more women in construction too, because uh, I don't want to be gender biased, but generally women will talk a bit more and talk to each other. So that's, that is possible a reason for, for people reaching out a little bit more as well. Yeah, and I suppose on talking, I mean, Gary, you know, you, you're prevalent on social media. Has that been a, a big help for you? It has. Um, again, I would have only been active on social media, Twitter, maybe three or four months before that. You know, before that, what happened at FEX, you know. So I just um, obviously was, in a way, was reaching out to people without even knowing. I can look back now and see it so clearly. But, you know, at at the time, it's just a big fog and a mist. And um, I'm sort of reaching out for um, just a bit of help, a bit of acceptance. And, and, um, yeah, now, like I say, it's it's a full circle moment. I can look back and see, um, you know, this is what was going on. Like you were saying... um, there would have been months where I hadn't been to the gym and hmm. it wasn't until I was asked that question when's the last time you did something for you when did you go to the gym when did you play golf when did you go fishing and I was like I've just been working that, that's that's hmm. pretty much what I've just been ploughing into work hmm. I haven't done those things for me and you know straight away there's a negative effect there plus you know the general you know stresses and strains of life you know uh, busy family life young kids mm-hmm. you know everything adds up doesn't it so yeah, of course, um, yeah. yeah it's important to try and get that balance isn't it and of course when we start suffering with mental illness problems we lose that perspective and we're unable then to see the balance what what was the main thing for you in terms of reaching out what was the thing that was most helpful do you think what do you remember being that kind of catalyst and seeing other people you know seeing seeing other people's stories and okay. and just seeing someone else not not in pain so much but reaching out you know and feeling just feeling emo- emotion towards them yeah. and and uh, yeah. feeling exactly the same feelings of what someone else was saying so it's kind of a normalizing isn't it mm. that that experience so you're not alone you're not, not isolated me, yeah. you're not weird mm. yeah mm. okay yeah so i'd say that that's what did it for me really um as i say in for me i was um i couldn't talk to my 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 brother my mum my dad mm. my wife you know the people really close to me you could but you chose not I to chose at not that to. point yeah. yeah so um and again now i look back and it's all so easy but um at the time i had a bit of a mental block going on about that mm. and it's um you know 
opening up to some um, like-minded people who are in a similar situation mm. and then going into therapy and learning how to see things and um, sort of measure myself for where I am mentally at any point, mm. that's mm. been a game-changer for me. It really, really helped. Do you think that the main thing that, uh, that stopped you from talking to people that, that, you know, cared for you and loved you was... Was it feeling guilty or just not knowing what to say? What What was the main I think barrier? It, I think like, I've used this word with uh, a good friend of mine, and it's like acceptance. I hadn't accepted that yeah, I was depressed. I, I hadn't. I hadn't. Yeah. I, ha- I physically hadn't accepted it, so I couldn't say to them, "This is going on." This, and I was in denial, mm. you know. So to those people, also like close friends of that, I was, you know, strong Gary. Like you know, the physical. You were putting yeah, that front on. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And it felt it felt weak to to come out okay, and say that. that's a good point too, yeah. isn't it? But it's not. It's your most defining moment, 100%. You yeah. know, it's the strongest moment. That's what I want to get across. That's really yeah. very true, yeah. It's not a weakness at all. Mental no. mental health problems is not a weakness. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned, Gary, earlier on about not wanting to go to the gym and things like that. I mean, that must be a telltale sign. I that suppose is somebody very much so. gets out of the rhythm. Yeah, and just that kind of must make it like worse. life got left behind and I was in this, like, washing machine of just yeah. things going on. Not focused on any one thing, but just stuck in the middle of this this washing machine of just you know feelings and emotions and just getting and, through each day. Yeah, that's you it. You know, yeah. just just mental health issues will affect you like that. So it's just getting through that day is enough. So even thinking about hobbies and doing things that you enjoy, you know, it's 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 not a priority. Yeah, I didn't realise mm. that things like diet and mm. exercise could yeah. be so important in, in yeah. mental health and in, in well-being. Yeah, absolutely. And that's two of the things that you'll see that will be affected when you start becoming unwell is your appetite and your sleep. And those are the two things that are very, very important. I think sleep is probably one of the most important things. If you're not sleeping well, you're not going to cope generally. Mm. You're not going to take on things. So those two things are usually things that you see that um, become worse. So, yeah, so diet has a big impact on, on, on mental well-being. It's a funny trade, this, Gary, because, you know, you go and pick your, your, your materials up from the plumber's merchants and you, you're met by a sales, sales guy or girl with a bacon cob ready for you to eat it. Um, <laughs> how do you deal with trying to eat well, you know, in a, a time like this? Well, I think it's now, again, looking back, it's, it's being organised and planning your week, planning your meals, things like that. Um, if you're on the go and you're stopping at petrol stations and things like that, it's, it's probably not the best thing for you, like in your pocket and also for your body. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I w- I, through my sort of depressive episodes, I would notice some weight gain because I was almost the comfort eating, I suppose. Mm-hmm. You know, so whether that was in the evening or, or, and then drinking as well. So, you know, sometimes my, my weight would go up. Other times I'd be working far too hard, not stopping and not eating, yeah. and my weight would go right down. And I would yo-yo in, in between. And this last year I've managed to keep, you know, also introduce the gym back into my life and just keep, um, just keep like we keep mentioning mm. the word balance, keep yeah, that balance. Yeah, that's right. I was just yeah. going to say that. Yeah, and I, I know it's a bit of a different subject, but obviously, you know, being healthy, eating healthy is, is, is a massive part to just being genuinely healthy, isn't mm. it? Yeah, I mean, it makes you feel better, doesn't it? And again, it's about that balance. So eating the foods that you enjoy, but, but you know, making sure that you keep up your fluids, particularly if you're, you're driving around drink, drinking water, exercise. I know that's not about diet, but that's also part of it. It's your lifestyle. But of course, you know, when you're feeling down and you're not feeling motivated, those, those aren't the priorities. Of course, yeah. So notice if you are doing a little bit, you know, more of things that you shouldn't do like eating the wrong foods or eating eating and drinking alcohol uh, then they're things to watch for absolutely yeah 
So Gary, how how have you changed your routine then? So you you're off the bacon cobs and or, well, or rolls for wherever you're listening. Well, I usually try to be organised. So I try to take something with me. If if it is an on the go, then it's it's trying to find a healthy alternative. Yeah. But a big well, we always joke as well about being hangry, and you know, a hundred percent, I suffer. <laughs> of course, yeah. I, I suffer. I, mm. I I'm a machine. I need to eat, and if I don't, I can't function. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, my body is is just the way I work. I know I do. And before, um, I wouldn't have ate. I'd gone into the next job. I'd get even more het up. And then mm-hmm. I'd go on to the next job. And it, and it would just be a concertina effect till I crash, mentally or physically, because I've got no energy mm. mentally or physically. I mean, uh, So it's it's just, yeah, um, you know, I, I keep stuff in the van on purpose. You know, like protein bars, protein mm. shakes, just something that's quick just and easy. Just sugar levels. But also, yeah, that's it. So it's just... Um, just keeping keeping an eye out and, and and regulating yourself a bit better because looking back, I wasn't doing wasn't doing that. At yeah, all. and it, it goes back to self awareness, time, planning, doesn't mm, it? So it's literally, you're back in the gym now. You're looking trim as you like. You know, you're eating better, and you you're just making sure that you've got time to 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 make a packed lunch or take the that, take the that's right it. type it's of food with you. Um, bit of organisation and then and consistency. Just keeping the consistency. I mean, Gary, you know, the work that you do on social as being a mental health advocate, I think is really, really important and, really worth, important. and, and worthwhile. Thank you. Do you feel it having an impact? I do. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, there's, there's a like a little turn in the tide and more and more people. Every time I post, um, I, I get, you know, messages through some saying just good on you, you know, well done. Other times there's people saying I've not, not been able to speak out. Now I'm going to, you know, so and yeah. and that's what happened yep. to me, you know. Yeah. So it's just it's just about, you know, giving back in what you've got out for me. And I think too, just just highlighting if you are working on your own and you are isolated, you are a little bit more susceptible. I know we've spoken about this a little bit already, but just, you know, to just be self-aware that you, you do perhaps need to make a little bit more of an effort to talk to people when you're working in that kind of environment because that isolation, it creeps up on you, doesn't it, Gary? Definitely. You just suddenly turn around and you're in this deep depression or feeling very anxious. And, and I suppose it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because if you are using yeah. social to reach out to people yeah. and feel less isolated, yeah. it could also be a cause of stress when things aren't going so well or you, you, know, you seem to be using it too much as well. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Gary, have you had any experiences with um, social, which is meaning that you're kind of using it a bit too much now? You know, did you become De- more reliant I, on it a little bit? I or? think so, definitely. Like, um, I used to use Facebook, and then I, I almost found myself posting f- photos and pictures for likes. Yeah, you know? yeah. There's this joke going on, um, like, like, you do it for likes. Yeah. And I, I almost would put something on and not even think about it. Getting your self-esteem almost yeah. from that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean... That's tricky. I, I, I keep... Um, a business page on Facebook. I don't put um, anything personal no more at all. Yeah. Um, I just I, mean, I didn't I didn't find that was um, a good thing for me to, to be on there yep. at all. Yeah. Um, I think that's quite a common thing actually yeah. now, mm. and it's good that people are more aware of it as well. That that actually you know, social media is a lot about comparing, isn't it? Mm. And everyone that posts on social media is making their life look amazing. Mm. So Definitely. you need to keep that aware in mind that it's not it's not always realistic. No, it's, I mean it's not real life, and it's I think not real life. Once you get to grips with that, I mean, that's a really important thing to understand. Yeah. I mean, Gary, to be fair, I only do it for the likes and I really enjoy it. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just think it's a, it, it is a wonderful tool, but it can just draw you in, can't it? it? Can. And then you can live yeah. in this bubble of social, which is it kind can. of, it's all it's all not, not really true. And if mm. you're already feeling a little bit underconfident or, you know, losing your sense of self with a mental illness, that can exacerbate it. Yeah. But of course, you don't know at the time, do you? No. You just kind of it. just get sucked into it. Mm. 
I suppose another route on social is um, everybody's out there. I mean, your work is absolutely fantastic, Gary. You know, we see it all the time on on on, on Twitter and Instagram. But when you um, when you're first starting out on there, um, is there like a pressure to post really good work? Do you oh, think? D- definitely. So um, again, I've probably only been active for about eighteen months on Twitter, and I've been going back to my jobs. You know, like from a year to do the services and things. And I've seen a change in my work. So I've I've seen things and I've viewed different ways of doing things and I've learned and I've improved. But also with that, there is a pressure because you want things to look picture perfect. Yeah, you know, course. you see someone's post that's got this many likes or this many um, mm, you know yeah. retweets, and yeah. uh, you know I, I think you'd be lying if you said that it's not nice to get those likes and retweets. Yeah, you know, um, and then sometimes are you staying on ten, fifteen, twenty minutes extra? To polish a pipe or to get a good camera angle, <laughs> yeah. and again, if you're honest, I think you say you would. You know, some people yeah. are. Of course, they are. You know, because it's um, like you say, it can be an unrealistic place, like you say, um, social media. So, do you think that's good pressure or not I, good pressure? I think it's good if you use it to learn and to yeah, better yourself. That's it. Yeah, but um, which I have done, and then I've learned not to, you know, you know, put so much pressure mm-hmm. on myself again and screw. Because I've even sent a picture to a friend before and said, "Is this, is okay, this, to is this okay to post?" Honestly, <laughs> and I'm thinking, "What are you doing?" Yeah. And that's, you know, that was again yeah. sort of a realization moment. And he's like, "Look, you've got nothing to worry about. Just post it." Yes. And I, th- I think there's an element <laughs> of making sure people can feel safe as well. Because if you've done the best work you can, you post it. Uh, you, you know, they should be protected from people saying, "Oh, that's not very good," and things like but, that. And then also, um, mm. you know, no, no one's immune to making a mistake. No, so, of course not. No. So you know, I've done something, and someone's picked me up on it and said, "Oh, look, you know, th- this is wrong." Or, do you know what? I didn't even think about it. Or you know, so, so that can be helpful in of a way. Of course, yeah, if, yeah. If you're in the right state of mind, yeah, though, right? you, you can't take it too critically. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. So earlier we spoke about um, spotting signs of, of mental illness in, in others. Um, how do you feel about what would what would you do to reach out to those guys and really try and try and try and help them? I would always uh, try and reach out in in a place that is casual and relaxed. So I, I would probably not not do it at work unless there was a space and you had time. Because if you're going to reach out and try to speak to someone, you need to have have time to do that. You don't want to be rushed. Um, um, so somewhere where it's casual and you know it, it's relaxed. Um, there's there's no real you know standard way of opening that up. Maybe just saying I'm a bit worried or I'm a bit concerned about you. How you're feeling? I'm here if you need me. So as I said before, very very little judgment, very little advice at that point. Just trying to get them to talk about yeah, what's because happening. It's a, it's a very difficult thing to broach the subject, I'm sure. Yeah, so, you yeah. Know, Gary, in, in in your experience, what could have what could have helped you? You know, if somebody came mm. to you and said, Hey, Gary, you know, I, I think you might be unwell. Yeah. So I think. In the early days, again, I might have my back might have been up, you know, my guard would might have been up because I was just in denial, you know. Mm. So I think a a, um, a sort of neutral way of coming at it, like if someone just said I'm worried about you, rather than saying you're doing this, you're doing that, mm. I think you know that's probably a good way to approach it. Yeah, and I suppose you know if, if your back is up, it's it's even more awkward, isn't it, to try and broach that awkward conversation about yeah. trying to talk about that's it. That's it. Um, and then again, everyone's different. So some people will be, you know, really open speaking. Some people will prefer to to text. Some people would like a phone call. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm quite private actually. So like, I don't I don't really get on with phone calls. I almost have a dead lull. Yes. So I have spoken yeah. to people on the phone, like you know, yeah. who've who, you know people off Twitter and things like that. And it's a little bit awkward for me. It's just not natural for me. But texting for me. 
I can send it off and then we can come back to it when each other aren't busy because we will, you know, again, you don't feel obligated to have mm. to reply straight away mm. and you, you can have a conversation There's that no goes pressure. on over a week, you know, yeah, that's yeah. it. So um, that, that personally works well for me, um, you know, just even just a little text, how's your day going, you know, and I've got that with a few people at the moment and vice versa. Um, and then I'll, I will get, a, you know, someone will say, you know, I'm not good. So you know, I'll make the effort and I'll make a phone call. That's a good point, actually. Just checking in. Checking yeah. in is in, important with the text message. Mm. Just, you know, so you might not have to do this face to face. But if you do, it's about, you know, keeping in mind they may not open up there, but that doesn't mean that they're OK. So just check in. You know, whether that be once a week or every few days, just see how they're going. And eventually they will open up. Yeah, and I suppose the awareness piece, isn't it? Because the more people mm -hmm. that are aware, the more people that will be checking up on others. And it just kind of steamrolls, yeah. doesn't it, into yeah. making sure that people are, are OK. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And Gary, are you still now in regular contact with your GP or your, your therapy um, guys? Or Well, just to go over my history again, so that that... That, that crash would have happened when I was about 27, so that's about 13 years ago. Mm. Um, just to put perspective of time into it. And as I say, I don't think I dealt with that psychologically correctly, like, um, you mm -hmm. know, putting it to bed and things Very like that. Very hard on your own. Well, that, that's <laughs> it. So th th there would have been some counselling. I can remember there was because I was working for a big company at the time, but it wasn't it wasn't involved and it wasn't, um, you know, like a treatment session as such. Mm. It was more just to, you know, get back to work Talking almost. Talking about it. Um, yeah. yeah, OK. So... Um, then after that, you know, I had I had some issues about maybe five years later uh, with corporate bullying, and got myself into a, mm. like a terrible situation within a company, and again had to come out of work for maybe about a month, two months, mm. and big depressive episode. Um, that that then was when I went into a proper therapy session, okay. and so I've benefited from that side now too. Um, and then lastly, I you know, say last year. I actually went back to the therapists that I'd seen mm -hmm. um, and just said, look, I'm, I'm struggling mm -hmm. again. Yep. It's different things, different time of my life. Yep. This is this. And um, so that lady I'm still in contact with, yeah. Brilliant, yeah. So, so once you've had that experience of a, you know, a good therapist, it's really easy then to go back, isn't it? And Def it's important that you can dip in and out. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of therapists work like that now where you don't have to commit to, you know, a dozen plus sessions. You can have two or three see how you feel and go back if you need to that that's good effective therapy Th therapy that works is therapy that puts you in control so loretta um assuming somebody has, has made the, the brave decision to to come and ask for help what mm -hmm. sort of things can they uh, expect on, on the first treatment so if they're coming to see someone like me, um, someone that works quite um, solution-focused and quite positively, they're going to have an experience of finding solutions quite quickly. So being positive about what's happened and what's going on that's going well. Um, it's quite a relaxed situation, so you're going to feel you're going to feel as though you're being heard, you're being listened to. But also, it's about learning really good techniques and tools that you will use for the rest of your life, actually. And that's what I was saying before about the you know learning how your thoughts affect how you feel and what you do. They're very powerful, and unfortunately, most people out there are not aware 
aware of these really automatic, negative, distorted thoughts that aren't true that you're actually living your life by. And just being aware of that can can change your whole outlook. So I suppose that first session is about getting to know um, you and understanding what the problem is. But also from certainly how I work, it's about giving you those tools straight away, whether that be, you know, being able to sleep better and looking at, um, you know, things that you might have stopped doing in your life that you need to start doing again. It's, It's a very contained, very safe and very caring environment. Yeah, and is the is the solution normally based on um, sleep patterns and really sort of helping somebody think through it, or is it more drugs based sometimes? Okay, so I'm a psychologist, so I don't prescribe medication. You would need to go to a GP for that. Um, medication has its place, and it works for lots and lots of people, and there's certainly nothing to be worried about in terms of medication. And if it's needed, you're going to take on therapy a lot better because when it's needed, it means that you know there is a chemical imbalance, and those medications will help with that. So that's something that you get through your GP. And, and, and I suppose a lot of people would go to the GP first if they were very worried about how they're feeling and what they're thinking and that that might be something that's offered obviously I don't know but it's certainly something to think about Um, it's certainly not something that you should um, deny or not do it's as we were saying right at the beginning mental health should be seen like any other illness you know if you've got a broken leg you you might need some medication to help with the pain it's the same with uh, you know mental health problems Gary uh, if you don't mind me asking what was it that worked for you um there's it, been a bit of everything over the years so my you know my first ever um issue with mental health would have been after um a really traumatic event i was in a car crash and somebody died and um mm-hmm. i was the driver and you know there was the guilt that oh, you know i had absolutely. i had killed somebody but mm-hmm. you know the, the point wasn't you know that it was me it was a just a a freak accident um so basically at that time that was just such a um, a powerful event. I, mm. I did have to have some medication, um, and I, I didn't know anything about any other, f- other forms of treatment at that point. Um, I don't think I dealt with that properly. Um, so that I mean that kind of experience, it, it, which is quite a, you know a big trauma, that needs a specific kind of therapy, yeah. and it's very likely that you had post traumatic stress yeah, after that. I'd have said so. And definitely. yes, medication can help, but actually we know from lots and lots of research that what helps the most is really good solution focused therapy that gives you tools and techniques straight away and often alongside that medication so the two of them together often works the best that's not to say that if you're feeling down or low you need medication for many people the majority a a good kind of you know psychological intervention is enough but yeah it sounds like you you needed a specific type of therapy and that that would have you know helped you a lot Mm. um and again, it's unfortunate when people have these experiences that they don't get the right help. Sometimes that that can happen. That you know, I guess it's like searching for a GP that you like. It's the same with a psychologist. You need to get on with that person. Mm. You need to have the right rapport. So that can take a bit of time sometimes. And, and I suppose, unfortunately, maybe the type of illness that you'll always suffer from at some point in your life as well. So knowing that you can go back to somebody that you trust in like a safe space would be really important, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I think when you have life stressors and, you know, you, your sleep is affected and you, you're not looking after yourself, you, you, you will, if you have an anxiety disorder, say, or a depressive disorder, you will 
go back to that in some respects. You'll never go back completely to where you were if you're using the tools, mm. but you, there is a tendency to go back to those patterns of behaviours and that way of thinking. Mm. And also, you know, like you described, Gary, things happen to people and they don't get the right help and they kind of they become a collective thing that just all of it starts to become you know a bigger thing and it affects you so it's very important when things happen to you to try and talk to someone and get the right help mm. i think my my mental health has been quite complicated because that the, well, well that there, yeah. there has been these life events mm. um but again looking back in mm -hmm. hindsight now we've uncovered that before that i would have had some issues before so basically we've come up you know that i am bipolar mm -hmm. and um Again, looking back, I can see it's like reading a book and just mm. finds that like that, that book's about me. Like it, all yeah. those signs I was reading, everything going, fits into I place. I couldn't believe it. Like, yeah. and but we'd never approached that over any other sessions before that on those life events because yeah. we were talking about the life event. We wasn't talking about what had happened before, mm -hmm. what was happening sort of now as such. It was mm -hmm. more about that traumatic event. Mm -hmm. So mm. we skirted over, you know, maybe mm -hmm. what was underlying as well. Yeah. And obviously what was underlying did get exaggerated by those life events. So mm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's what happens. Mm. And life is life, right? Things happen. Yeah. There's stress and pressure. So, Loretta, um, I often think of mental health and things like depression and anxiety... Um, are there other forms of it? There's lots of different mental health issues. Um, you know, there's lots of different personality disorders. I mean, they're, they're, to list them, it would take a long time, um, which which affect people in different ways. There is, um, obviously, we talked about the underlying stress, and out of that can come, you know, things like um, anger issues, uh, confidence issues. Um, there's other more serious mental health conditions, like Gary was talking about bipolar, schizophrenia, and there's different types of schizophrenia as well um, so there are affective disorders which affect your emotions there's so many um, and I suppose to get a diagnosis or a label um, it, it's really not something that you should be doing on the internet or with a friend that's some, something which you should be um, you know speaking to a trained professional about yeah, I think, you know, looking for the signs is something I've really taken away today is that mm. just don't assume somebody's OK just because That's right. you see them for a beer and they're looking all, you know, happy and smiling mm. because I think the putting the brave face on is probably the worst thing people can do because yeah. it makes it more difficult for, for somebody to to realise, yeah. spot a problem and try and reach out to them. Yeah, of course, yeah. And it comes back to that feeling that if I if I am feeling low or looking low, I'm weak. I'm not able, and that's just so wrong, isn't it? It is, yeah, definitely. No, and I think it's an awkward thing for somebody to do, to reach out, to check, especially, you know, a guy to a guy sometimes. Yes. Just to say, you know, yeah. it's all right, you know, A-OK, -okay, but to really want to do it properly, I think it's quite a difficult thing to do. It, and it I don't is. think there's enough resource out there, or maybe it's available, we just need to find where it is, to get some real strong tips on just making sure you can do it in a really respectful way and yeah. do it properly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think spot, I think spotting the signs yep. is probably the most important thing, but I think that's probably one of the hardest things to do as well because I suppose yeah. when does just stress start becoming a problem? Because stress is okay in normal life; it's just a, it's just something that happens. That's quite a subjective thing. I mean, obviously it depends from person to person, but the main thing to keep 
in mind is it's about that balance. If you find that um, the way that you're feeling and the things that you're doing is impacting on how um, you feel about yourself and the world around you, then that's when it's a problem. So, you know, obviously people can handle different amounts of stress. Everyone is different depending on what their past experiences have been, even going back to childhood. That all affects how we manage now. However, you know, it's, it's quite a subjective thing. So it's hard to answer that in, you know, one simple sentence. Just notice the balance. Are you stopping doing things that you used to enjoy? Um, are you isolating yourself a bit more? Do you find that you are putting on a face? Are you using alcohol, drugs, different substances to help yourself to feel better? They're all signs that, you know, it's perhaps time time to go and speak to someone whether that be a professional or a friend um, and of course the other thing that we've said a, a, a few times now is about your sleep if your sleep is being affected and you're finding that it's unusual and that you can't get off to sleep or that you're waking up early early waking from about you know three in the morning that's often a sign of depression and then people that struggle to get off to sleep that's often a sign of anxiety and a kind of worry type disorders so if your sleep is affected that's another sign and as I said appetite as well if you're eating too much that can be a sign that you're trying to you know fill yourself up you're trying to make yourself feel better and if you're eating not enough it, that can often mean depression and anxiety. Um, Gary so with um, you know you've had a you've had a hard year and I know that you, you know you're coming out the other side of it now and that's that's brilliant um, what have you changed in the last year from, from how you used to operate in your business, so in your, mm. in your normal business life? So um, for me, like going to like speaking of the trade itself, um, it's organisation, but also not putting too much on yourself because like we're just coming into these winter months now, and the phone doesn't stop. Um, and last year, I would have tried to get to nearly everybody. You know, I would I wouldn't want to you let anyone. Yourself. I wouldn't want to let anyone down. And mm. um, what's going to happen? Worst case, someone's not going to have hot water or heating, yeah. isn't it? And this year, the voicemail says I'm not taking on any emergency work because I don't want to do those evenings. You're no looking more. after yourself. Look, yeah. You know, I've I've put that barrier there straight away to say, you know, I'm not taking on any emergency work. If it's planned work. Um, please leave me a message. And I, then I, because before, I'd have 10 voicemails. Got to ring everyone back. I can't get to you. Or it will be Saturday, uh, Friday night, Thursday night, and I'd have to fit things in in evenings. And I, I'm piling that pressure on. And I suppose that makes you feel worse when you're letting somebody down in a way, aren't you? Yeah, so um, it's just being realistic. So, you know, there's only so many hours in a day and, you know, we're all human. And, that, and that's, that, that caught up, one of the things that caught up with me last year, working too hard. So, yeah, sometimes, you know, it's not about you've got to get to that next job because, you know, they've got no um, heat in. It's like, look, I need to look mm. after myself first mm -hmm. before I can get to you to, to, yeah. to sort your boiler no, def or whatever. Definitely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, even if it's just mm -hmm. a stop. Uh, or, you know, sometimes I pull up to a job and I won't go in for the first 15 minutes on purpose because I'll just sit there. Yeah, and I'll just, just have a bit of time. Have a bit just of time, breathe, yeah. breathe reflect, yeah. you know, maybe catch up with a, a couple of voicemails and just have that bit. Of, yeah. If you steam straight in, the same thing's going to happen. They're, they're, all those things are going to build up. Mm. Um, so just yeah, give yourself a bit of space and time. Yeah, and I mean, things like that's a fantastic tip, isn't it? Because mm. I suppose a lot of people are just going job to job and just getting it done. But yeah, mm. maybe taking that little bit of time mm -hmm. out for yourself yeah. just to mm -hmm. even just sit in the yeah, car and absolutely. do nothing is, yeah, is, that's is it. important. Because um, uh, quite often the customer will sort of look, look, look and open the door and wave and I'll just say like, you know, five minutes with my hand. Yeah. And, mm. you know, just to give myself that little bit of space rather than walking straight into something again. That's good. Yeah, I mean, that's a good tip. Anybody sat in a van, feel free to listen to this podcast. It'd be really nice, obviously. <laughs> um, or just sit in silence to whatever yeah. you do, but just make sure that you're right with yourself, yeah. Um, Loretta, you've been really, really insightful on this chat. 
Um, Gary, I'm sure you've, en- you. you've enjoyed Loretta's uh, house Thank you. Um, feel free to have a shameless plug about yourself for two seconds. So I'm a psychologist that works from Wimbledon and Worcester Park in Surrey and I have a private practice and I see um, patients from, you know, children because I've worked as a consultant as ca- at CAM. So I work with children, I work with adolescents and I work with adults, um, families and couples. And my therapy is very much about, you know, giving people the tools as quickly as possible, as effectively as possible. So long-term therapy isn't really my thing. It's about, you know solution-focused, um, positive therapy that gets people in control. Gary, I know that um, you're super busy, so you don't need a shameless plug about needing to get any more work. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just tell us a little bit about, you know, if somebody wants to reach out to you, mate, you know, how, how do you want to do it? Yeah, um, you know, for, for me personally, I, I, I always found it easier to text or send a direct message. Um, but everybody's different. But just, you know, if you're struggling and you've related to something I've said today... Just reach out, you know, to me, myself, or to a friend, a family. But just, you know, make that change now. You know, that and that's that's what happened to me, and I just want that to happen to you. That's it. Hundred percent, Gary. I mean, you're all the better for it, mate. So yeah, that's well it. done on that. Thank mm. you. So, Gary, have you got any questions for Loretta? Um, I just, I'd like to know, um, what have you seen the changes in mental health um, in the last, say, ten years, like? I've seen, as I said, a lot more tradespeople coming to me, which is a really good thing. Um, And I'm a lot busier, so that's Mm. also a good thing in a way because, you know, obviously people are reaching out more because people are still as ill as they always were. It's just people are coming more. Um, And I've seen a lot more anxiety. So, yes, certainly the, the worries, the stresses and the strains are affecting people more than, say, they did 10 years ago. Yeah, because I did wonder whether, um, is it a case of that it has always been there or and also a part of it that we are in a busier, more complicated world both. now? A bit of both, both, isn't both, it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, particularly with children, unfortunately, the anxiety uh, rates for kids is, is much higher than it was. Mm. And I think that's, that's pressure. And, I, and unfortunately, I think that is pressure that parents put on children as well. Uh, but yeah, it is just a more busy, stressful world. And that's why that advice that you had about just taking time out five ten minutes in between jobs it's a really good mm. it's a really good tip Loretta, do you have any feedback or questions for gary not that i can think of just that you know you're just amazing you're doing a really amazing job of helping people out there and making mental health you know more normal and more accessible so that's wonderful yeah thank you so let's just really bring this home for people that are listening that might mm-hmm. genuinely need some help what loretta what's the one thing somebody can do now if they if they need some help reach out talk do some exercise absolutely gary um just yeah if you're like me you've been sitting on this for a while and you haven't made a decision make the decision now you know make now do something about it um use now as as a sort of a turning point and and make your life better yeah, and I, th- I think I would echo that. So, you know, mm. just from listening to you guys, I think it is just some, just talk to somebody. Mm. Um, and if you are the person that's listening, just bear with them and really just try and just try and do what you can to help, I think is the right mm. thing. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Don't judge, just listen. So, guys, I really enjoyed that. Thank you ever so much. Loretta, thank you. Thank you. And Gary. Thank you, Sai. Thanks, Loretta. Thanks, Gary. So what we'll do is we'll get some, um, we'll get some links off Loretta, so some websites that people can mm-hmm. go to to find some resources on, on how they can help. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so all that's left from me is to say thank you, everybody, for listening and um, join you on the next episode. For more information and resources on subjects like this, please visit the Valent Advance website, the link's below.